Today is Sunday, it's the 19th of February, 2017. So now it's 11 days in the second Metta Retreat that you have been practicing Metta Meditation. And uh, Metta has become uh, quite strong. When the metta has become strong in one's own heart and mind, then it's not difficult anymore to cultivate metta towards any person. Then uh, it's quite easy. So there are no more uh, persons who are not able to cultivate metta. At this place, Sayadaw wants to talk about the, the Buddha's metta. The metta of the Buddha is very strong. It is very powerful. For the Buddha, there are no people he considers to be his enemies. There are no people he hates. Even for a monk called Devadatta, who tried on several occasions to kill the Buddha, even for this monk, um, the Buddha's heart was still full of metta. You probably all know about this person, about this monk called Devadatta, and he he did many different things to cause 
distress or suffering to the Buddha and in many or in various ways he even tried to kill the Buddha. So even for such a person like Devadatta, the Buddha had metta for him. The Buddha's heart radiated metta towards him. In the same way as the Buddha had metta for his son Rahula, the same way he loved his son Rahula, so in the same way the Buddha felt metta for Devadatta. There was no difference between the two of them. And then uh, there was also this elephant called Nalagiri who was going to, to kill the Buddha. Um, he was also, or he was a killer elephant. His task was to kill to people. So it was a very wild elephant. One day the Buddha went on arms round and on that day uh, Devadatta he gave alcohol to that elephant uh, with the plan to, that the elephant would kill the Buddha. This elephant, this elephant was by nature very wild and rough and now that he had been given alcohol, he became even wilder. And now as the Buddha was on arms round, this elephant was released. So the elephant ran towards the Buddha in order to kill him. And as this elephant uh, was running towards the Buddha, the Buddha cultivated metta for this elephant.
the Buddha cultivated metta for this elephant Nalagiri by wishing it may Nalagiri be well, happy and peaceful may Nalagiri be well, happy and peaceful And while doing this, then the elephant Nalagiri, who had been released in order to kill the Buddha, now he had no more desire to kill the Buddha. Now he felt uh, very close to the Buddha. He felt metta for the Buddha and he considered him as his own son. So this is what we call the power of metta. So um, this illustrates how strong, how powerful the Buddha's metta was. And also nowadays there are many examples of persons who through the power of their metta uh, transformed a so-called enemy or a person who hated them into a friend so that the other person uh, considered that person as a very dear or close friend. So in this way we can say when there is metta there are no more enemies or when there is metta then there are no more person one hates. So for you, metta meditators, as you engage in the metta meditation practice, as you engage in cultivating loving kindness, when you are able to cultivate metta for any person, for any being, then you are said um, that your metta uh, practice is going well. So 
your, your practice is good when you're able to cultivate, cultivate metta for any person, for any being, whoever that is. However, if you say that it's not yet possible to cultivate metta for this person or for that being, then that means your metta practice is not yet um, complete. Sayadaw thinks that um, among the meditators here, there is nobody who says, I'm able to cultivate metta for these beings, but I'm not able to cultivate metta for those beings. Or are there still such meditators? So, if you say, I'm able to cultivate metta for all living beings, however, I'm not able to cultivate metta for the fleas, then your practice is not yet complete. (laughs) So, we have to be able to cultivate metta for the fleas as well. So today <clears throat> we will change to cultivate metta to another category, namely to the category of uh, enemies. So when we change to this category of the disliked persons the enemy or enemies, then first of all we should start by cultivating metta for a person for whom it's easy to cultivate metta. So we cultivate metta for this easy person until the metta becomes strong, until the metta is well established, and from there we change to this disliked person or the enemy. After having changed to the disliked person or the enemy, when we are able to cultivate metta for this person, when it's possible to do it, then we simply continue with this person. And again here, we cultivate metta with this wish, may my enemy be well, happy and peaceful, 
May my disliked person be well, happy, and peaceful. However, if we are not able to cultivate metta for this person, then we go back to the person for whom it's easy to cultivate loving-kindness and so we develop metta and make it strong again with this easy person. So then we cultivate metta for this person for whom it's easy to develop loving-kindness and when the metta has become strong then we change again to the difficult person or to the enemy. And when we are able to cultivate metta for this difficult person or the enemy, then we simply continue to cultivate metta for this person. And for how long do we need to cultivate metta for this difficult person or the enemy? We have to cultivate metta for this person until this difficult person, this enemy, uh, becomes a dear friend, until we regard this person as a very close, dear friend. Sometimes when we cultivate metta for this difficult person, for the enemy, then um, thoughts or images appear in the mind, um, like um, these deeds or actions that harmed us uh, by this other person. So at that time, when we, when we remember a deed with which that person has harmed us or injured us, then metta, the metta may disappear or we find fault with this other person or we get upset and angry at this person. So at such a time, then we should consider some good sides of this person. So a person we call an enemy or a person we call a bad person, even such a person has also her or his good sides 
or good qualities. However, if we do not find any good qualities in this person we call an enemy or a difficult person, then we should proceed to do some reflections. So we reflect in this way, thinking this person I call an enemy, a difficult person. Does this person exist as a person or um, can I find the six elements in this person? So here among the meditators, um, many of you have practiced also Vipassana meditation. So the Vipassana meditators among you, you understand that um, there is no such thing as a person or a being, that there is no good or bad person, that there is no self, no soul, no uh, permanent entity, but you understand, you also understand that there are all only the six elements. You understand that there are only the six elements. You understand that there is no person, no being, there is no I, no you, there is no beloved one, there is no person you hate, there is no man, no woman. So we reflect that Actually, there is no person I hate. There are only these six elements existing. So these six elements, they are Patavitatu, the earth element, Apotatu, the water element, Tejodatu, the fire element, Vayodatu, the wind or air element, the Akasadatu, 
the space element, and vijnana dhatu, the consciousness element. So in reality, there is no person nor being, but there is just this, this heap of the six elements. Also, devas, they are not uh, persons or beings, they are also just this heap of the six elements. Persons we call uh, beloved persons, they do not, do not exist as they do not exist as persons or beings, but they only consist of the six elements. And people we hate, persons we call our enemies, they do not exist as beings or persons, but these persons we call enemies or people we hate, they also only consist of these six elements. So a living being does not really exist as a being um, with a a certain shape or form, but a living being is just um, a heap uh, of these six elements. So the earth element, the Patavitatu, has the characteristics of hardness and softness. And you can check in your body, you will find um, this element Sometimes some places feel hard, other places feel soft, tender. Through the practice of vipassana meditation, we can see this, we can realize this, we can personally experience it. Then the fire element, the Tejo Datu, has the characteristics of heat, warm, and cold. You also can experience 
the fire element in your body um, as you feel hot or cold or warm. And then the air or the wind element, the vayodatu, it has the characteristics of movement, motion, vibration, and also support. And also this element can be experienced in your body. So now as you sit, as your body is upright, um, this is the characteristic of supporting, the characteristic of the vayodatu, of the air element. And when you move your arms, your legs, your body, or your eyelids, your face, these uh, are manifestations of the air or wind element of Vayodatu. Then the water element is Apodatu, and it has the characteristic of fluidity. So this fluidity can be experienced, for example, um, when tearing up, or uh, the saliva, or by answering the call of nature or when sweat is flowing down one's body. Then the Vijnana Datu is the element of consciousness and this includes Chitta and the Chitta Sikhas. And so also as meditators, you can be aware of this element. Uh, you can um, experience it uh, yourself. Then the Akasa Datu is the space element and it refers to the, spa- the space. Space or openings, so like the openings of the eyes or the opening, the holes, the, the space, the hollow space of the ears or the nose, 
or the mouth or the openings where urine and feces leave the body. And then there are also the openings in the skin where sweat um, comes out of the body. So also these openings, these hollow spaces um, are akasa datu, the element of space. And according to the Abhidhamma teachings, this Akasa Datu, the space element, um, can even be found between the smallest material units, like the Kalapas. So in between there is space, and this is also uh, Akasa Datu, space element. So, for example, um, these two fingers touch, and with our ordinary eyes, we cannot see any space in between. But actually, there is some space in between. And likewise, we think that between uh, these material units, there is no space in between, but actually there is space in between. So this is the Akasa Datu, the space element. So all the living beings that there exist in all the planes of existence, they uh, consist of these uh, six elements. So then, this person we call an enemy, we can um, dismantle this person into these six elements. And when we do that, when we just distinguish these six elements in that person, then we no longer see the enemy. What we know, what we see, is just these six elements. And 
So when we reflect in this way, when we distinguish these six elements, then we can ask ourselves, do I hate the Patavidatu, the earth element, or do I hate the Apodatu, the water element, or what do I hate? Or asking ourselves, do I hate the Tejodatu, the fire element? Do I hate the Vayodatu, the air or wind element? Wind element? Or what do I hate? Or asking, do I hate the Akasa Datu, the space element? Do I hate the Vijnana Datu, the consciousness element? What is it that I hate? If we reflect in this way, then there is nothing that we actually can hate. And at that moment, then pick up your metta practice and see if, it's a, if you're able to cultivate metta. If by this reflection you are not able to cultivate metta towards that person, then engage in another reflection and reflect of these six elements in the three times. So in regard to these six elements, these six elements have arisen in the past. And in regard to these six elements, um, there are those who are present right now, in the present. And then there are, there are these six elements that will appear in the future. And then reflect which of these manifestations of the elements uh, do I hate? Do I hate these six elements which were present in the past? Do I hate the six elements which are present right now in the present? Do I hate the six elements that will arise 
will be present in the future? Which of these six elements do I hate? If you say, I hate these six elements that were present in the past, then they were present in the past. They do no longer uh, exist now in the present. So, how can I hate them? Or if you say, I, I hate these six elements which are present right now, but actually they are present right now, but the next moment they are gone again. And if you say, I hate the six elements that will arise in the future, but actually they have not yet arisen, they are not present right now. And whether they will appear in the future, it's not, not really sure. Nobody can say if they, will, if they really will appear in the future. So, when you say, I hate, I hate this person, so what do you ask yourself, what do I really hate? Um, so reflect in these different ways. If you reflect in this way, then you will find no base for your, for your hate. Like there is no person, no being for, that you can hate. There is no uh, substantial base for which you can uh, feel hatred. you cannot see. Yes, because of big one. <coughs> um. <laughs> so, to hate somebody or to say you have hate for another person, it's like this bird who is 
somewhere in the wide uh, expanse of the ocean. You, the meaning is you cannot see that bird. Um, like imagine that there is this bird um, in the wide expanse of the ocean and the bird it cannot see land, it cannot see mountains it cannot see trees it cannot see land so there is nowhere for the bird to land to set his foot onto it and uh, then not finding any place to land on, the bird um, drowns in the water. And so likewise, this hatred that is present for another person, for the person you hate, so where can this hatred land? There is no place for it to land. Um, do you hate the patavidatu, the earth element? Do you hate the apodatu, the water element? Or what is it uh, that you hate? So you, you find nothing or nobody uh, you can actually hate. <laughs> so then um, you could cultivate metta for your so-called enemy uh, as may these six elements be well, happy and peaceful. May these six elements be well, happy and peaceful. <laughs> so in this way, find a good side, a good quality of uh, this person. So in this way, we should um, strengthen this quality of metta, make it stronger and stronger, more powerful, and we should cultivate it until there are no more beings for whom we are not able to develop loving-kindness. And so, starting from now, from today, old and new yogis alike um, cultivate metta for a difficult person or an enemy. So, 
some meditators uh, or there are some there are meditators who uh, have no persons they call an enemy or if uh, meditators are asked if they have a person they hate they say mm, no but uh, they say yes there are p- uh, persons I dislike actually um, these people well people we hate or people we dislike it's basically the same and if a person has really no person uh, whom he or she dislikes or gets irritated by that person then uh, that person should cultivate metta for all living beings so one should see whether or not one has a person one hates or a person for whom there is some dislike and when one comes to the conclusion that there is really no such a person then one should cultivate metta for all living beings and when you cultivate metta for all living beings do it by cultivating metta for these beings in the ten directions let's say when we decide to cultivate metta for all beings in the east then we direct or incline our mind to the eastern direction so we incline the mind into this direction and then cultivate loving kindness with the wish may all beings in the eastern direction be well happy and peaceful may they all be well happy and peaceful may they all be well happy and peaceful and when we cultivate metta for all beings in the west we direct our mind to all the beings living in the west and then we cultivate metta with the wish may all beings in the west be well happy and peaceful may they all be well happy and peaceful 
May they all be well, happy, and peaceful. And so we do this in all the direction, and our mind is always directed to the living beings living in that particular direction. Let's say, for example, you sit for one hour, and so then you should spend about five minutes for each direction. So then you spend about 50 minutes for the 10 directions and then you have 10 minutes left in this seat. And during these remaining 10 minutes you cultivate metta for all living beings. May all living beings be well, happy and peaceful. May all living beings be well, happy and peaceful. May all living beings be well, happy and peaceful. And likewise, you cultivate metta in this way also during the walking meditation. So, in the sitting meditation, when you do, uh, when you uh, develop the metta in the ten directions, so let's say you're facing east, so then you cultivate for the beings in the east, directing your mind in that direction. When you cultivate metta for all beings in the west, so this is um, at the, uh, in the direction behind you, and so the body may slant backwards when you do it uh, for the west. Um, some people think that when they cultivate metta in these ten directions that when they do it for the beings in the east that they have to face east and then when they do it for the beings in the west uh, that they also have to face towards the west so that they turn their bodies around. So there is no need 
to turn the body in that particular direction. It's just that you direct the mind into that direction. In the walking meditation, however, you know, if you cultivate metta for the beings in the East, um, maybe, or uh, then walking in the Eastern direction, um, you, you do that and cultivate metta for the beings in the East. During the general activities, do not uh, cultivate it in the ten directions, but simply cultivate metta for all living beings. So, may all of you continue to engage in the metta meditation practice and by doing so, may the quality of metta uh, become complete, may it become 100%. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.